0: Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. I'm Eben Novi williams And this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast where we... we thank you, Eben. No Michael Barr. We miss Barr. Uh, what do we explore? The big money issues in the world of sports? That's right, right? That's right. That's what we do. All right, today we begin with... I love this. John Henry considering making an offer to buy a piece of NASCAR. He's already there. He owns half of Roush Fenway Racing. Mm-hmm. Been there for a number of years. I, I think it's the kind of thing... NASCAR needs a little maybe a little shot in the blood from an organization that has some marketing know-how and might, global in nature with the Liverpool investment, you say? Yeah, this I mean this
1: is a story that that, that you broke earlier this week. Um yeah, this seems like a would be a good a good landing area for NASCAR. Is is he looking at the whole thing? Is he looking at just a piece of it?
0: Yeah, we don't know. We know he's looking at okay. it. That's what that's what we know. We know he's looking at it, some sort of investment in Certainly. it. Certainly.
1: Getting getting kind of folded into all the other work he does, obviously, with, with the Red Sox. With Liverpool, uh, his extensive knowledge of NASCAR already, um, that seems like a good result for NASCAR. And I think it also says something, right, that that someone who is intimately familiar with the But we talk a lot about you know NASCAR's declines, uh, certainly from a, from a rating standpoint, etc. It says something that someone who has already you know tied his business into into NASCAR is looking at maybe even doing more with it.
0: So I don't. This is where we need Bar. If somebody would have called him <laughs> Summers, if somebody would have so, called Bar. The, the, this is the the you didn't dream know this. bar. Bar topic. is our NASCAR expert. He knows all things NASCAR. We admittedly are not the NASCAR. No, expert. not at all. But he's in this space. Like has Roush Fenway nothing that I'm aware of. Have they done anything that seems revolutionary in I the sport?
1: Ha, I, I do not know. Matt Kenseth is one of their drivers. Right. I know. I I know think. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, but like, what you know? What else? Uh, everybody thought Comcast was going to make this purchase. Yeah. And then they were focused on the Sky acquisition. So then all of a sudden, there's no Comcast. And it was it's quiet for a while. Like Goldman is helping them out on on the sale. Mm-hmm. So there's been this quiet. And this was the first real piece of news to come out since we found out that this is going on. And we besides the France family buying ISC and uh, yeah, we, and should, we should mention that. Yeah, yeah
1: the, their their 1.9 billion dollar offer. Uh, to, to to buy up ISC, which is the International Speedway Corporation, a uh, company that holds a lot of the ra- almost all the racetracks on on the NASCAR schedule. Um, that was a consolidation uh, that was expected to be kind of a to, to make NASCAR a little bit more lucrative or a little more enticing for buyers. Suddenly having these synergies between uh, NASCAR itself and, and the tracks they
0: run on. So let's solicit some opinions from our like our loyal listeners, Steve Horowitz, Inner Circle. I know at some point you're probably going to be on a bicycle listening this. <laughs> let, let, let's give a nice either direct text or tweet to both Eben and myself. What, what are we to make of John Henry going after NASCAR? I don't know. Uh, let's move on. We are now talking sure. about. Wait a minute, this is another story I did. What, what have you done this week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, was my, it was my birthday. I, uh, Taking it easy. yeah, should we tell the what number of birthdays this is? Uh, 31. Since we've talked about yeah. your crow's feet on the 31. air. 31. 31. I told you it was going to happen sooner 30. than you I thought. Mean, I'm in the 30s You now. are in. Yeah. You are in. I've
1: crossed the Rubicon.
0: All right, well, speaking, well, we're almost there. This will be a weird segue, but you're 31. 25 years ago, oh, boy. Rupert Murdoch utilized little Bart Simpson in the NFL. To start this media company known as Fox. Now we have new Fox going to focus solely on live. I mean, the strategy is all live. And if you're talking live, you got two things: you got sports and you got news. That's the strategy. I've mean, the, been. These are the things that they're hoping to attract the viewers. Yeah,
1: how how different is that from from old Fox? See, how the how new Fox is-, is like the old Fox. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it seems uh, it it seems similar. You you had a sit down with uh, with Eric Shanks, CEO of Fox Sports. Um, yeah, it's. It, 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 I don't think anything in that overarching thing really su- surprises me, right? We, we we understand the media business. We understand, you know, the things that have been disrupted by, you know, companies like Hulu and Netflix and uh, live sports so far. And and news are the two things that kind of stay away from that on-demand bubble that seems to be increasingly dominated, you know, by HBO, Showtime, Hulu, Netflix. You
0: mentioned Netflix. It was funny in their last quarterly earnings report, Netflix actually said that this is a great strategy, and they expect more linear TV to follow this. Now, the, the questions, of course, I, I posed to Eric Shanks were, the, the, you know, the price of sports keeps going up. So at what point does the ROI and, and the price, you know, where, where do they intersect? And he, and he said not all sports are created equal. At some point, you will see some intersection of those lines, but it won't be in the blue chippies which is, of course, Major League Baseball, and, and they just did a huge $5 billion extension, uh, the NFL. Great line, by the way. I said, what's top of mind? What would be top of mind for you right now? And I loved this. He said, if I yesterday signed a 20-year extension with the NFL, top of mind for me would be renewing the NFL in 21 years.
1: Yeah, if, you, if you're at the league office on Park Avenue and you read that, don't, don't you lick your chops going into the next round of yeah, negotiations, I said, well, I said, well right? like, you want leverage. This guy
0: really loves our content.
1: Not he loves, really, not loves, really the, wants the, it. The better
0: word is needs. <laughs> needs. It's not wants. It's, yeah. it's a need. It's not a want.
1: Yeah, it's funny. From a negotiating standpoint, it seems like a, uh, a curious laying down of cards of uh, some ways. And Fox obviously has the, you know, they've got that Sunday night package they bid this year. They had the Thursday night package for the first time. They,
0: they promised ratings would be up, and they were. They were, yep. So you, you wonder, what else? like You've got baseball. I mean, they've got properties. You know, you've got, uh, you've got uh, WWE SmackDown now coming Friday, mm-hmm. so that, that mm-hmm. not locks down Friday night. And he was also talking about time of year. Football was so important to Fox because of time of year. This, in the fall, this is when advertisers are spending more and consumers are spending more. He wanted top of mind people to think of Fox when they thought of football in fall. Mm-hmm. Mission accomplished.
1: Something else to mention: for the first time, I read this a couple of days ago. I think for the first time in twenty plus years, ESPN Two is not the second not highest two. ranked yeah. uh, sports uh, sports cable network. ESPN, obviously, the giant at number one. Uh, but I believe NBCSN and Fox Sports One have both yeah. jumped ESPN Two. Yeah. Um, so there is some momentum behind uh, what Fox is doing as well.
0: And when I ask, what's the biggest risk? By the way, what's the biggest? I mean, you always—if you have a strategy. You got to say, what are the risks to this mm-hmm. strategy, right? Yeah, And Shanks could only come up with one. If something, for some reason, and he could not pinpoint it, if for some reason people decided to turn away from live. And he said, if anything, the trend lines are going the other way. People are more attracted to live.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly sports gambling is going to have a it puts a puts a bigger emphasis a on live, on live yeah, right. than than we've had before. So is
0: there is this a strategy with no risk other than maybe price escalation? I yeah. mean, price escalation
1: I think is a huge risk, right? And and if you lock in the NFL for ten years and and suddenly you know the the business goes down. And The other concern, obviously, I, I think, and Fox is obviously is, is has their own you know OTT platform as well, and they're working through digital. Um, and they have. They, but oh, by the
0: way, they're an investor in a platform called Caffeine, big mm-hmm. on esports, big on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, it's 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 sort of a, a, okay. a live social interactive.
1: Yeah, I, I would say the other you know the other major concern is some major major shift in ad dollars. We haven't seen the the ad dollar shift from TV to digital quite yet. Come on, use there it, was give me some industry-lingo migration. Migration, <laughs> migration. yeah. Um, <laughs> if there was a massive shift there, yeah, I would imagine it might catch some some TV folks off guard. All
0: right, I'm playing the role of bar today, but you like this third <laughs> one. So you, so you introduced this third one, I'm stepping back.
1: Yeah, so also uh, today, the if you remember, we've talked a number of times about uh, this antitrust case against the NCAA, Led by you today, legendary. By you said today. You're supposed to stay away from words like Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, led by legendary sports labor lawyer Jeff Kessler. They had their trial back in September. This week, there was the uh, final questions from Judge Claudia Wilkin about the case before she gives her final ruling. She kind of opened the discussion by saying, "Hey, we can all agree that the ncaa is violating any trust, right? You know, and you could see the uh, you could see the, the the plaintiffs nodding, you know, and the, and the NCA lawyers going, uh, "No, I'm not." No, we can't agree. We don't don't want to agree on that. The judge seems pretty set on the idea that the NCAA's rules are an antitrust violation. And what she obviously seems more conflicted on in this is the big ruling that she's going to have to make. And it's going to come at some point in the coming weeks or months. How much do you penalize or force a change in that, right? Because she seems very reticent about totally opening up the market. But what, she, was, what was
0: the dollar figure that doesn't change the model?
1: Yes, exactly. And that's kind of what she's asking about. That's yeah. what she's curious about. Um, so, Got a
0: suggestion, Evan? Hmm. Got a suggestion? What's the um, dollar figure that doesn't change the model? More than, than model? zero is, uh, is, is my well, suggestion. Right now, I believe, I believe that the institutional side is anything more than cost of attendance, changes the model. Yes. That's that's what what, that's which what is what they've already agreed to do. Yeah,
1: go. which is you know a, a different stance than they gave two years ago before yeah, they had to nothing, give right, cost yeah, yeah, of yeah, attendance, yeah, right. uh, which should be said was was the same judge. Um, so it kind of gave a little glimpse into the, the, the closing arguments weren't done in person. They were done in writing. So this was kind of her last chance to ask a bunch of questions to try to get a get a sense. She went back to the same idea. How much would, would paying players affect both their integration into like the greater fabric of the campus, and also uh, their ability to get an education. You know, the NCA says it would affect in, in, in a huge amount. Both of those things. The, the, the Jeff Kessler and his side argue that, that there has been no proof that that happens. Um, but just a reminder that you know, in, in the next coming weeks or months, we're going to get a ruling on this, and this could fundamentally change college sports forever you know I, I know there are conferences and there are schools out there that are preparing for a world in which she comes down and suddenly you know leaves it up to the conferences to say hey there's now no cap on on what you can allow and, and you guys need to sit down and huddle together and say listen this is what we want our schools to offer it could change you know the the competitiveness of, of college basketball well, that, especially that's when Jack Swarbrick football.
0: said we'll get together with like-minded schools and do our thing
1: yeah so, you know, the thing we'll is, drop, we'll drop sports altogether. There is <laughs> there is a chance at some point that, uh, that that when this ruling comes down there's gonna be a tectonic shift.
0: All right, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Scott Soschnick along with Evan Novi Williams. We're here each and every Monday,
1: Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sport. You can join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Action Network CEO Patrick Keene.
0: You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you download your podcast.